3: You are listening to The
4: Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. I'm exhausted. It was a lot of fun. We'll dissect everything that happened over the weekend. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, will join us coming up. We'll check in with the Packers a little later on. The Bengals' confident rookie kicker, Evan McPherson, he'll join us as well. As will Carson Palmer. You can every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Dial us up. Email, tweet, all the above. Say good morning to Peacock. Streaming partner, download the app. Watch for free all three hours. Oh, look who's here. Hey. Princy! Whoa. (laughs) What is going on, boys? Are you okay?
5: I am. All right. Okay. Good to be back. Feeling good.
4: Good to have you back.
5: It's nice to be off the uh, weird screen that was on my desk and be actually in person with you guys. Yeah.
4: Well, we're glad to have you back. Healthy and ready to go. Off oh, a crazy weekend. This Monday. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. By the way, if you subscribe to the newsletter, and if you don't, why don't you? You can sign up at danpatrick.com. Seaton is going to reveal the Connecticut to Los Angeles route later today on the newsletter. <laughs> now, from what I'm told, sources close to me tell me, that Seaton is looking at a northern route, depending on the
3: weather, and a southern route if
4: he has to
3: make a change. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of uh, sort of points uh, in the trip that, well, if there's bad weather, maybe we duck down to, uh, like, I don't know, St. Louis or something. Okay,
4: all right. But that'll be on the newsletter. You can sign up for the DP Show newsletter, the cross-country road trip, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, that somebody is going to win. The newsletter available daily around 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Sign up at danpatrick.com. You just put in your email address in the box that slides out in the bottom right, and you will get the newsletter that wraps up the day, gives you a lot of heads up with uh, special T-shirt sales that we have. A lot of good stuff there. Very proud of what we do. We've got uh, close to 60,000 of you who have signed up for the
6: newsletter. Yes, Paulie? Maybe we should get AAA as a possible co-presenting sponsor of season's mm, Trip. That's not a bad idea. Just a thought.
4: Well, we were also thinking maybe uh, Burger King or Taco Bell as well. That would be nice. So AAA. Let's take care of all of the, check all the boxes there. Food, uh, lodging, and if you get some gas, maybe. Yeah, you need some help. Yeah. Well, if you have Taco Bell. Well, that might be taken care of. (laughs) Yes, you'll have gas. You see what I did by that, Todd?
1: That was very clever. Thank you, Todd. Nice job.
4: Uh, Play of the day, poll questions, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. If anybody ever asks you, why do you love football? Just show them this weekend's playoff games. Because that could have been one of the more exciting NFL weekends in recent memory. For the first time since 2010, we saw both number one seeds fall in the divisional round. Both those games ended on last second field goals. And then yesterday, we saw the Rams upset Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That was followed up by one of the best playoff games that I've ever seen. Josh Allen and the Bills battled it out with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The two teams combined for 25 points in less than two minutes, ending the fourth quarter. And yes, we can all say it together, NFL overtime sucks. But this is what happens. It depends on which team you were rooting for. Because if Buffalo won last night... I don't think I would be hearing as much, you know, I hate NFL overtime. If Buffalo got it and scored a touchdown, then I don't think anybody's going to go, you know, overtime is really interesting there. If Tom Brady lost in overtime, And, you know, the Rams went down and scored. I don't think anybody would be shouting from the mountaintops. It's the likability of the teams. That's the difference here. But this weekend gave us one of the more exciting NFL playoff slates. But really, it's a a not-so-subtle reminder. You can have success during the regular season. You can get home field advantage. But that's about all it guarantees you because you had three of the road teams winning. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. Who's doing the honors today? See, oh, Fritzy is. Yeah, I can grab it. Okay. All right. Are you ready for something? This is, yeah, this is how it works here. (laughs) Welcome back, Todd. Yeah.
2: All right. The Packers lost because of their special teams play or Aaron Rodgers. That's one of several polls. Ouch. Yeah, Paul. After the Packers
6: lost, the blame was being put squarely on Aaron Rodgers. But if you really look at the football of that game, the reason they lost is blank. Two special teams plays or a lack of offense after the first drive?
4: There didn't seem like there was any urgency to the Packers offensively. It
6: just felt like, hey, all right, we went down the field
4: 7-0. This should be easy because that quarterback's not going to beat us here in this weather. Not going to happen. And, you know, Garoppolo is non-threatening. Debo Samuel, very threatening. And you had a couple of miscues on special teams in that costume. I just felt like... You know, when you're the number one seed and you go into those kind of games and you're facing somebody who has been, you know, clawing just to get into the postseason and then they have a really great performance against the Cowboys, like the Cowboys, you know, when you watch the Niners against them, you're like, wow, they're they've been in playoff mode. And then you get to Lambeau and I thought, okay, Green Bay scores right away. And I go, okay, good. They're not going to take their foot off the accelerator. They're they're in playoff mode. And then that was it. Like It's almost like, hey, we scored a touchdown. Now let's go 55 and put it on cruise control. And that's what they did. And all of a sudden, you kind of look up and you go, San Francisco is not leaving. They had the block kick. Uh, You know, they had some clutch moments there. And I thought that that was kind of telling with Green Bay. And I don't want to get into, is this Aaron Rodgers' last game? I've, I've said all along, I thought he was going to play this year. But he is, was going to leave after this season. I felt that all along. You know, Tom Brady, it certainly felt like there's a groundswell that maybe he played his last game. And then you realize he has told the Buccaneers last year he was going to play to he's 45. He wanted to be like Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan pitched to he was 45. Tom said he wanted to play to he's 45. But we have time to look into those topics a little bit further here. Uh, so the Bengals beat the Titans, Niners over the Pack, uh, Rams beat the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs over the Bills in overtime. Here's some reaction after that game last night. Here is Andy Reid.
1: Listen, I mean, we just all were part of a better game, the National Football League, and uh, we were lucky to come out on that that end of it. Uh, guys battled their hearts out, uh, both teams. I was proud of our guys for getting in there for four quarters and and uh, gutting it out. Uh, there was some Huge plays made. Listen, I mean, it was, it was a great game.
2: I'm just kind of sorting it all out right now.
4: And here's Patrick Mahomes after the performance.
2: It's actually funny. Uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I was talking to Mike Rimmers because he was in the Minnesota Miracle. And he, the, the final play, scoring the touchdown, winning the game at home. And he was talking about how awesome the environment was. To be in this moment, this game against that team, and to make a play, to walk off a game at Arrowhead, uh, I'll, I'll remember this for the rest of my life.
4: And then there's the other side of the field, Josh Allen, the Bills' quarterback, on walking off after the loss. It was, just, it was tough, you know, to to be in that moment. Again, had a lot of respect for for Pat. You know, he throws a winning touchdown, and he comes straight over and finds me. You know, to to be in that situation and to do that, that's that was pretty cool of him to to do that. And obviously, it sucks the way way it happened. Um, You know, we we wanted to win that game. We had our opportunities and taking it all in and holding on to that feeling and uh, making sure that, you know, we don't don't feel like this again. Yeah, and you couldn't help but feel for Josh Allen because I was critical of him when he first was the starting quarterback. It just didn't feel like he had a good feel for the game, Uh, his accuracy, some decisions there. But, man, you realize they're in good hands. He's only a year younger than Patrick Mahomes. But... When he, when he starts to scramble, that is a weapon. And I have been extremely impressed with what I've seen with Josh Allen. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, that's just different. Remember, remember a long time ago? At least it seems a long time ago. Maybe it wasn't that long ago when uh, we had people saying they'd take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes. And I went, slow down, slow down. If, if you stand by it, that's great. But I said, let, let's just let it play out a little bit here. Justin Herbert's a wonderful talent. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a different cat. Josh is, is wonderful, or Justin is a wonderful player. Josh Allen's a wonderful player. But you have somebody who's just a little bit different there. And let's take Brady and Aaron Rodgers out of the equation here. You know, Lamar Jackson is, is not right there yet. Joe Burrow is there. I mean, Joe Burrow is 25. You got a lot of guys who are 26. I think uh, Mahomes is going to be 20, 26 or 27. Josh Allen, I think, turns 26 in May. Joe Burrow is there 25. I mean, you got some really good young quarterbacks there. But you forget how good Mahomes can be. And he's got weapons. I get that. But the other thing that I, uh, I it, it shouldn't dawn on me, but it did. These games are won with your offensive and defensive lines. I mean, that's it. For the most part, you put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you don't put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the Rams defensive line was just better than the Buccaneers offensive line. I mean, the Titans should have won the game if you look at what their defense, they had nine sacks. Nine sacks against Burrow. And we were wondering, you know, when you start to think about this, Joe Burrow is the only quarterback to win a playoff game while being sacked at least nine times. Ever. That was amazing. Oh. Wow. stat of the day. Here comes that. What? Stat of the day. Bop. Yeah, just got blindsided by that. Thank you, Sue. Like Von Miller coming right. around the end there. All right. So, uh, poll question: We're gonna we're gonna skew Aaron Rodgers, Packers. Got anything else there,
5: Todd? We also have the Bills lost because they couldn't stop Mahomes with 13 seconds left, or the OT coin flip. <laughs>
4: oh, the yeah. coin,
1: coin, coin yeah. can of worms.
4: Yeah, I know. You know when you uh, you have the coin toss historically with the new NFL rules in overtime. The team that gets the kickoff or the team playing defense. Who normally wins? The team that gets the ball first, 10 and 10-1 in the postseason since 2010. That's when the current overtime rules went into effect. And I want to ask Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, their football insider, are there options on the table? Have there been options on the table? Is there a more fair way to do this? I know that we always look at the college uh Overtime rules. I think they're trying to reduce the number of plays that you're going to have that are extra. You know, they they want to cut down on contact. At least it felt like that was an initiative uh, a while ago. But do we change it? You know, we only change when you know there's an outcry. But I I mean, it's Buffalo. Buffalo could have easily won the toss, and you know, it was Josh Allen who's the one that you know said tails. They ended up losing him. And he doesn't lose those coin tosses. I think he's got a pretty impressive record. But are we going to blame this on Josh Allen? Because he called tails here. (laughs) Uh, It was a wild night. It was a great weekend. It felt like it just kept building. You know, Bengals, Titans, and all of a sudden you go, the Bengals are going to the AFC title game. Great ending. Not a great game. Great ending. And then you started to see that build. And then you had the Niners and you had the Packers. And you go... The Niners are going to beat the Packers. And you had uh, the, you know, the Buccaneers against the Rams, and you kept thinking, oh, my gosh. This is either going to be, oh, the Rams are going to blow them out, or Tom Brady's going to do it again. He's going to, he's going to falconize the Rams here. <laughs> and he almost did. That secondary, though, with the Buccaneers, man, oh, man, I'd hate to be in that film session because they looked clueless. Cooper, has anybody seen Cooper? No, no. How many times did that happen? Like, how does Cooper Cup surprise you? He had 1,800 yards. (laughs) He let in catches, touchdowns, yards. Has anybody seen Cooper? No. You can't have that happen. And and you got Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, who – You know, his scheme won the Super Bowl last year, and he's up for head coaching jobs. Like, how does that happen, the miscommunication? Horrible. Horrible. Cost him. Because if that had gone into overtime, Tampa Bay was winning, in my opinion. But every game seemed to get better than you had last night. All right, phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Also, an interesting stat or fact about... No, it's it's not stat of the day. It might be
6: fact of the day. Fact of the day, is is there a difference between fact and stat? Yeah, a uh, fact of the day doesn't need a number. Oh, it could just be words.
4: Well, these are words and numbers. Oh boy, and they go with Odell Beckham Jr. the third and his salary. I found it kind of interesting. Uh, he might not like it, but uh, I'm going to ask Albert Breer about that. As well, also the coaching vacancies as well. It's been a little bit quiet here, but we'll take a break. Phone calls coming up. We'll settle on our poll question. Fired up on this Monday. It's coming up on 16 after the hour. Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty. Preferably with something you can actually use. Something that you want, like cashback match. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Dollar for dollar, because when it comes to rewards, can't go wrong with cash back. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app
1: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
7: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. By the way, back in November, Odell Beckham Jr. the third signed that deal with the Rams worth $750,000 he announced that he would take that in Bitcoin. At the time, Bitcoin was worth $64,293. Today, it's worth 35000 Today's deal is worth $412,000. So he's going to be taxed on $750,000. And so that's going to be 50%. That means Odell Beckham, as of now, has netted $35,703 from his Rams contract. Wow. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Dot,
6: dot, of I didn't know if that was a fact of the day or a stat of the day. Yes, Paul. You know some people, athletes, entertainers, go, I, would, I love it here so much I would have paid them to let me play here. Yeah. He actually might be doing that in a couple of weeks.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to owe them cash. I would play so, for free. That's how bad he wanted of <laughs> yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. Albert Breer joining us, senior NFL reporter, always uh, smarter after we hear from Albert. Uh, Monday morning quarterback, NBC Boston, joining us from Tampa. What was the feeling like there before and then the feeling after that game, Albert?
5: I mean, before, I think most people were talking about Brady and whether this was his last um, game or could be his last game. Obviously, we didn't know at the time. Um, Afterwards, you know, I, I I still have that in the back of my head that he's going to play one more year. And, and I think he's going to think about it. And I think he has other things to consider. Um, you know, family is certainly a part of it. You know, he's got a son who I believe will be going into high school next year. That son lives in New York. Um, yeah, Everything you hear from everybody who's close to him, he's a great dad. And so, like, there are some things that I think are going to weigh on him. Um, but... You know, that magic number of 45, it's not an arbitrary number for him. And so, um, you know, I I think he can still do it. And the one thing that sort of I I think he's always established that line of demarcation is I don't want to go out there and suck. And I don't think he sucks. (laughs) Like, I think he's still pretty good. And I think we can all envision a pretty good Tom Brady going out there and playing one last year in 2022. The key to me is going to be what Tampa does, because if you look at Tampa right now, Ryan Jensen's a free agent. Carl Davis is a free agent. Chris Godwin's a free agent. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Rob Gronkowski's a free agent. And they've mortgaged so many of these contracts. They do have some space to work with next year. But I think to bring the band back together, it's going to take a lot of people taking a little bit less. And you have to at least account for the fact that a guy like Chris Godwin, who's been waiting to get his big second contract, probably isn't going to do that. So I think there are a lot of factors that are going to come into play here over the next month or so as Tom Brady makes his decision. And then for the Rams, man, I think it's vindication for the Stafford trade. I mean, I think, you know, in those last whatever it was, 25 seconds, you saw why they traded for Matthew Stafford. And oh, by the way, I think the game that followed, right, I think that shows why you trade for Matthew Stafford too. Because I think if you don't have a guy like that right now, like that game last night, that AFC AFC Divisional playoff between Buffalo and Kansas City, has to give you nightmares. I mean, if I'm anybody in the AFC right now, outside of maybe the Chargers and the Bengals, and I'm looking at that, I'm like taking a second look at what I have at quarterback because, I mean, you're looking up a mountain right now.
4: And it's almost like Patrick Mahomes cooled off enough that we moved on to the next quarterback and we forgot, like if it's it's possible that he's underrated we, yeah. He he reminded us last night that he still can do things that maybe no other quarterback in the NFL can do.
5: And you know what's interesting about it, Dan, is I think like what we sort of forget, too, is there's still room for growth there, which is the scary thing about home, <laughs> right? Like he's already been to two Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He accomplished so much over his four th- four, or his first four years, one of which he didn't even play in, right? that like going into year five, I think we just looked at him as this finished product. And so when it didn't look perfect earlier in the year, you sort of forget the fact that the guy's 26 years old. And I remember talking to some defensive coaches over the course of September and October, like what's wrong with the Chiefs offense? What's going on? What are they doing? It's like defenses are challenging him in different ways, and he's got to learn to evolve a little bit. And that stuff was real. You know, like teams were playing too high safeties against him and challenging him to go 10 plays, 12 plays, 14 plays. We saw Buffalo do it at the start of the game a little bit yesterday, too. You know, and so I think he had to develop that part of his game a little bit more. And to his credit, he's done it. You know, and I, and I think, like, that's the one thing that I think sometimes we look at with Mahomes and we sort of forget is that he's still really young. He came into the league really raw. He only spent three years in college. He's still just 26 years old, and there was room for growth. And I think over the course this year, through some of those struggles in the middle of the year, we have seen that growth, and I think all of it sort of came together yesterday against Buffalo.
4: Feels like there was an outcry to change overtime because we love the Bills story, like the lovable Bills. They got a chance to go to the AFC title game again, and... It, like if Tom Brady had lost in overtime, I don't think anybody would be shouting for the mountaintops, we need to change this. But yeah. it felt like because the Bills lost, we hate the overtime rule. The team that wins the toss in, in the playoffs in overtime, I think, has only lost once. Uh, it, has there been something on the table with the competition committee with changing overtime?
5: Yeah, I mean, they've talked about the idea of having. So the Chiefs brought this up um, and brought this to the table that each team should have at least one possession. And then if it's tied after one possession, go sudden death after that. And a lot of people looked at that as sour grapes um, because it came right on the <laughs> heel of the same thing happening to Kansas City yeah. in the AFC Championship game. And you remember the scenario was almost identical, right? Like if you remember that game, what happened in that game was it was a heavyweight bout between two great quarterbacks. And in the end, the defenses were completely out of gas. I mean, you remember that, Dan, like D Ford was off sides because it was just, you felt like the defenses had given everything they could and they were completely out of gas. And I think it was the same thing here. If Buffalo gets the ball, Kansas City's defense is out of gas and it happens to the Chiefs again. You know, and so I, I see both sides of this. And I think it's a difficult one because – on one end the, the the competition committee and the league have been trying to limit the amount of damage that goes on to football players bodies and that's why they went from 15 minute overtime to 10 minute overtime so they don't want to have 20 25 30 minute overtimes in in in, in the playoffs they, they just because of the players saving help and safety you stuff you've got that i also understand where people are saying well it's not like one of these things where you just need 30 yards anymore, right? Like you need, you, you need to go 75 yards in most cases to score. So if you can't stop them, you deserve to lose. I understand all that. I also sort of understand where the rules now are so tilted towards the offense. And we're seeing these just worn out defenses in these situations where it does feel a little bit like it's a fait accompli when Kansas City wins the toss that they're going to go right down the field. And I believe they only face, face one third down going down the field, right? which is very much like the ease with which the Patriots went down the field on the Chiefs three years ago. We're talking to uh,
4: Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Let's look at the losing teams and the quarterbacking situation. You think Brady's back next
5: year? Probably. I'm not 100%, but by, I, I think that like he winds up I mean, you know, he has a boss just like me and you have bosses. So he's going to go home and check with the boss. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, like, I, I think ultimately he, I think ultimately like there's going to, I think he comes to some sort of agreement with the Bucs where he can play one more year. Um, and I think that like he's sort of figured it out in the offseason where he can spend enough time around his family. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think anything's for certain right now. And I think he does want to see what the Bucks plan is.
4: All right, Aaron Rodgers says he played his last game in Green Bay.
5: This is really tough because the 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 I mean all that stuff I said about the box and the situation they're in. I think it's worse with the with the with the Packers. I mean, not only are they you know almost fifty million dollars over the cap for next year, they also got to figure out what to do with Aaron Rodgers' best receiver and maybe his best friend on the team, and Devontae Adams, and they're sort of a package deal. So I think he I, I think they've made a lot of progress towards potentially being together in 2022 um what complicates it to me is the fact that i think it would require doing a new contract to do that because the packers aren't going to go into a contract year with him and risk losing him for nothing in 2023 and so can you figure out the contract can you figure out a way to manage the cap situation are you willing to mortgage all you know a couple more years to make it work for another single year and then what do you do beyond that you know it's just it's become so complicated because they did so much to make it work this year. The good news is I do think some of the relationship mending has happened. And you've heard him talk about Brian Gutekunst, who, I mean, I, like, I think, you know, the, the, the that relationship was in a really, really bad place seven, eight, nine months ago. I think it's in a much better place now. And I think Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit for facilitating that. So I do think that there's... There's a path here, even if it's a little bit of a narrow one, just because of the circumstance and the logistics of the team. The Titans with Ryan Tannehill. Oof, that's tough. You know, his contracts, his his his, um, his money for next year is guaranteed. So his, his base salary of $29 million for next year is guaranteed. The only path I see out of this, Dan, is like doing what the Chiefs did, um, you know, when they had Alex Smith. I think because of their cap situation, the only way you can really do it um, if you're the Titans, I mean, unless you find somebody to take on that contract but the Rams found you know, the Lions amenable to the idea of taking on Jared Goff's contract, and that's a totally different thing. Jared Goff's 10 years younger than Ryan Tannehill. Um, unless you can find somebody to take on that contract, I think the only way to sort of reset a quarterback right now is to do what the Chiefs did and spend the next couple of years just work in the college ranks and trying to find somebody that you really like. And the trouble is like right now, there's not that obvious answer. Like if you talk to enough college scouts, like this is one of the weakest quarterback classes coming in um, in 10 to 15 years. And maybe we all look stupid for saying that in a few years. I don't know, but that's just <laughs> right now. Yeah. And then I don't know that there's like that Trevor Lawrence on the horizon either. Like you look 23, 24. I mean, someone's going to be there but i'm not sure that there's like this this great quarterbacking hope on the horizon in the college level as it stands right now
4: yeah it's kind of interesting that you know when do you do it and trying to get somebody and then you know Kansas well, Kansas City went they, they they waited until the very last second i think to go up and get Mahomes because this could have all changed if Sean Payton you know, if Patrick Mahomes was there, Sean was taking Patrick Mahomes.
5: Yeah, I mean, they were worried about, I mean, the. I mean, you look at the Chiefs were concerned about the Cardinals at 13 and the Saints at 11. And I have it on good authority that the Saints were taking him at 11. They wound up getting a really good player, Marshawn Lattimore, but that was Patrick Mahomes. Can you imagine the landscape of the NFL would be a whole lot different right now? And oh, by the way, who was it that traded Andy Reid that draft pick? Sean McDermott.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Uh, Yeah, Sean Payton told him, you know, when I asked him, I said, were you taking Mahomes? He said, yes, that that, that we were. Uh,
5: Is Sean done in New Orleans? Um, I don't think so. I think he's going to get offers from places like Fox and Amazon that are going to entice him. I think he's making so much money now in New Orleans and has such a comfortable situation in New Orleans. I, I just think like he's probably like, I think he's eventually going to be in TV. Um, but I think like for right now, I think he'd be, he's comfortable going back to the Saints. And again, I think he'll eventually be in TV. And maybe this is like a 60-40 thing for me right now. Um, I wrote about this back, you know, um, at the end of the regular season, like, i had heard it was a possibility in november and december um you know like i don't think the bears like although i think the bears really you know did discuss the idea of trading for sean payton sean payton didn't want to go there because he had misgivings about ownership and everything else i do think the tv thing like is enticing for him but ultimately i think because of like, like a because of a few different factors that go into that job in new orleans where he has things like really where he's got a lot of control and he can run the show there. He's making really good money. I think he winds up going back for at least another year. What about Dallas? And that's the thing, you know, like, but, I, but here's the, like, what's the ten? my question with Dallas, like, right. I think like Sean could take a year off and then wind up in Dallas next year. Like, I think that's possible. The thing to me about Dallas is what's the tension point now. Um, more than a week after the Cowboy season ended to push Jerry to go in, fire Mike McCarthy because he's not just going to wait forever for Sean Payton right like I I, I think that at some point you've got to move on to me like the one tension point that gets Mike, that gets Jerry Jones to like really think about doing something on Mike McCarthy would be losing Dan Quinn and that's going to come to a head probably in the next couple of days he's a finalist in Denver I think he's still the front runner for that job in Denver um he's in New York today interviewing with the Giants that's where he's from um, and I think that the, the Giants really sort of are intrigued by the idea of, of, have, of bringing him in. He could have multiple offers. And um, so, like, I think this is something that Stephen and Jerry Jones have really had to think about, is they love Dan Quinn. He's better than they even thought he would be when they hired him. They think he can, they think he's going to be a really good head coach again. They saw the way he changed their defense. They saw him develop young talent like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Now, the question is, are, if you're Jerry and Steven, are you willing to let Dan Quinn walk out the door to keep Mike McCarthy? And do you want to face the prospect of Mike McCarthy without Dan Quinn? Now, maybe they go out and get Mike Zimmer if they lose Quinn, which I'd expect they will lose Quinn. Uh, but I think it's, give, it's certainly given Jerry and Steven something to think about over the last week.
4: I'll leave you with this. The team that could afford both Rogers and Devontae Adams, because looking at the cap room, uh, and I don't know what Denver's cap situation is, but I've been on that you know since they traded Von Miller, they were loading up to send draft yeah. picks to the Cowboys. But you know the Dolphins, Dolphins got I think sixty seven million dollars in cap space. You move on from Tua, um, you are not going to trade for Watson. I I don't know. I, uh, is that a possible oh, yeah
5: it's a fun idea yeah I mean I think it's a, it's a fun idea <laughs> like...
4: wait are you just being nice to me is that what you're doing right now No, no that's no, a cute no. little story no, I,
5: I'm not I'm not patronizing anybody yeah. here I, I I uh no I no I, I I like the I like the idea of it um because I do think I don't want to compare Tua to Tebow but like it's sort of do you remember like what it was like with Tebow in um in Denver? where he'd won the playoff game and he had a lot of backing, um, in the city. And there were people in the organization who liked him and he was good for business in Denver and they needed to do something like the football people needed to do something big to have the ability to move off of Tebow. So what did they do? They went and got Peyton Manning, right? Like, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, if we're going to move off of Tua, it needs to be with a big swing. And maybe that big swings aaron Rodgers. they were in the market for deshaun watson so it's not impossible the one question i would have is how much it appeals to aaron to go there yeah. but if you're saying you're bringing Devonte adams with you maybe that's the carrot i still think like denver would be the biggest I- i'm with you on the on the broncos i still think that that's the best possibility i, I think that's why nate hackett um, has been somebody they've looked into and is now a finalist for their head coaching job i also think it's why you know in interviewing dan quinn Another guy they interviewed was Luke Getze, the passing game coordinator from Green Bay, who I think like would actually probably be – that was actually probably more of an offensive coordinator hire, where I think their plan A might be Dan Quinn as head coach, Luke Getze as offensive coordinator, Aaron Rodgers coming in as the quarterback.
4: Safe travels back from Tampa, Albert. Thank you.
5: All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate That's it. That's
4: Albert Breer. It felt like he was kind of tapping me on the head and saying, Yeah, that's a cute little uh, little thing, but leave it to the insiders here. Now, I, I could see, you know, the situation with Denver makes the most sense. In my opinion, you, he goes to the AFC. Green Bay loves draft picks. They don't want players. You got draft picks. You got it. I think that they're, Denver's a sleeping giant. I really do. And you got cap room there. You got $44 million. Uh, you got some talent there. I could see see that as a real,
6: real possibility. Yeah, Paul. I'm looking at that cap room list. The Cincinnati Bengals are in fantastic shape. Burrow and Chase on their rookie deals and $58 million in cap room. If I'm a free agent offensive lineman, mm. I'm calling the Bengals first. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, oh, yeah. they could pick off two offensive linemen and, and not even use all their cap room.
4: Let's take a break. Phone calls coming up. Our play of the day. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show.
2: Dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike
1: Carmen and me, Dan Byer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
7: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Oh, my God. The play, the called play.
7: of the day.
3: Put left, side, got are going to play it and play it. This is the
5: play of the day. Check this out.
1: 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback. Come Is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick
3: Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push-fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime.
4: Courtesy of the Chiefs radio network. More than half of Mahomes' 378 yards came in the fourth quarter in overtime as he threw for 195 and two touchdowns over that span. Play of the Day is brought to you by that Sprinter van. If you're signed up for the newsletter, we will reveal the route that Seaton and the French kid are taking with the Sprinter van that you can win. To enter, get rules, visit danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. You have to do so by February 2nd, Mercedes-Benz vans, because the van that is being driven out to Los Angeles is the one that we are giving away we have over 100,000 people who have entered the contest so far. I want to do, uh, we got Joe Burrow's place kicker, uh, Evan McPherson, Evan Kick-Pherson, Evan McFearless. We'll see if he uh, wants any of those nicknames there, but he'll join us coming up at the top of the 11 o'clock Eastern hour. Here is Joe Burrow on being an underdog. I'm
5: tired of the underdog narrative, and we're a really, really good team. We're here to make noise, and, teams are going to have to pay attention to us. We're, like I said, a really good team with really good players and coaches, and we're, we're coming for it all.
4: I love it. I mean, he's won a national championship. He's got swag, and I know they're a touchdown underdog. It doesn't matter to them. You know, they're young. You know, when you think about having a quarterback and a wide receiver on rookie contracts, I mean, that is a dream for a front office. Now, you got money to spend on offensive line. You got $58 million in salary cap that you can play with. Maybe you can get a defensive player or two. You can get a couple offensive linemen there. They've got wide receivers. You got a good running back. The future is bright there. And going toe to toe with Kansas City, in Kansas City, I know the moment's not too big for Joe Burrow. The question is how is their defense going to be able to respond? Because. You know, the way the Kansas City Chiefs are playing now, you're going to have to score a lot of points. And can Cincinnati score enough points against Kansas City? All right, let's get some phone calls in here. Barry in Long Island leads us off. Good morning, Barry. Best and worst of the weekend.
1: Good morning, fellas, and good morning, chat row.
5: Best and worst, but first, a mock headline. Okay. Rams cup, Rams cup runneth over. Cooper burns Bucks backfield.
4: Okay. All right. Serviceable. I, uh, right, Todd? You okay with that one? I am okay
2: with
5: that Okay. All right. Uh, best of the weekend, uh, the great, great, great weekend of football, highlighted by uh, Stafford pulling a Brady on the pretty
1: boy. Uh, hope that boo-boo on Tormy's lip uh, doesn't require surgery the way they were going on about it. And uh, worst of the weekend, unfortunately, <laughs> have
5: to bring up...
4: Hockey uh, Islander legend and uh, Hall of Famer Clark Gillies passing away suddenly on Friday. I used to love him, watch love to watch him pound the hell out of the Bruins. Terry O'Reilly. All right. Well, thank you, Barry. Yeah, I was thinking. Oh, nuts! Bucks get cup checked.
2: That was nice. All right.
5: Yeah,
4: Todd. I mean, you got. Like, I don't have one currently. Oh, okay. You guys are. Uh, yeah, yeah, you guys are killing it. Yeah, the week off last you
5: did. week. I've been on vacation for two weeks. Yeah, I know.
4: All right, yeah, Paul. Yeah,
6: you know, I'm glad he brought up uh, Tom Brady's lip. We haven't had an update on that. I, a lot of my family was praying last night <laughs> that his uh, slightly busted lip was going to be okay.
4: Well, the official did make miss that call. That was a they helmet to the chin or underneath his helmet. Uh, Von Miller hit him, and that that was absolutely should have drawn a, a penalty. But Brady getting his first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in his in his history, and he was airing out (gasps) hockeyly.
6: I think he's bleeding. Tommy's
4: bleeding. Is he okay? I know. I kept thinking. (laughs) I, I I think he got hit in the mouth, but then he took off his helmet. And then, of course, you know they zeroed in. You know NBC's camera zeroed in on the lip, like a proudy lip.
3: It was very uh, Derek Jeter esque, oh. where this little tiny
2: cut called <laughs> a little bit of blood. And it was oh, what a warrior!
4: Now, now he needs to have it dripping down. Yeah. If it was dripping down on his uniform, yeah, blood and botox is dripping down. <laughs> whoa! Pretty. Hey. 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 whoa! Hey. Hey. Come on,
2: <gasps> Tommy's bleeding. Are you okay? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Chico in Baltimore hi Chico hey, 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 hey I just wanted to let be yeah I'm really the overtime they need to go back
1: to sudden death overtime and that's one thing I, I kind of wish that they could have kept you know I don't like the college overtime in the NFL do you
4: uh I'm not big on the college overtime I, I think if you wanted to it's called sudden death at least it used to be and thanks for the phone call Chico. It's like instant replay. It's not instant replay. It's just called replay now. Is overtime just overtime? It's not sudden death. Because if it's sudden, then it should be the first team that scores. Now, you can kick a field goal, then the other team gets an opportunity. If you want to do it where both teams get a chance, fine. They're trying to cut down on the number of extra plays. That's why they reduced it from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. But I think when you get into the postseason, if you want to have a different overtime rule because you want to be fair to these teams, that their season is on the line, then fine. I'm okay with it. And and sometimes it takes something like this to bring about change. And if that's the case, then fine. I mean, I want it to be fair to those who play, but as a viewer, it was pretty exciting. I mean, that was sudden death overtime. You score a touchdown, you're going to win. And... You know, if you look at the coin toss, when you win that coin toss in overtime in the playoffs since 2010, I think the team that won the toss is 10-1. and I mean, you love those odds. Yeah, Paul?
6: It's weird because we looked up the stats during the regular season, 75-yard drives, 25% of the team gets the ball at their own 25 after a touchback, goes a length in the field, and scores a touchdown. So they usually don't do it. They usually punt or kick a field goal. But in the playoffs, it's the complete opposite.
4: Yeah, usually it's uh, results in a touchdown in the playoffs around 26%. The regular season is around 21% taking the ball from the 25 and scoring a touchdown. All right. Coming up next hour, we'll check in with the Green Bay Packers. Carson Palmer a little bit later on as well. More phone calls as we always do on this Monday, best and worst of the weekend. One more item as we close out hour one. And what an hour it was. Now down to the final four. Who moves on to Super Bowl 56? You can battle as well. Huge cash prizes at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the National Football League. New customers play free for millions with their first deposit. Playing daily fantasy football is really simple. You pick your lineup of NFL stars, stay under the salary cap, score enough points to bring home cash. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now. Promo code is Patrick. You play for free for millions. That's right. Promo code Patrick. Get a Free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. Get in on all the action for the conference championship games this weekend. Only at DraftKings. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the National Football League. DraftKings.com promo code Patrick. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions
1: apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.